Hello, this is Simone Cicero, the host of the Boundaryless Conversation podcast, an ongoing exploration on the future of platforms and ecosystems. In these conversations, we make sense of what's next. Join me, my co-hosts and my guests as we explore new perspectives about how we organize a scale in a rapidly changing world. Welcome everybody to the show for the first time. So we're so thankful for your for your time. We are here to present you basically this new show that we are we are starting today with this uh, introductory podcast. And first of all, let's do some introduction. I am Simone Cicero from Platform Design Toolkit Boundaryless Team. I am a long time advocate and expert of studying, you know, basically more than an expert, I would say a researcher and a curious mind about uh, essentially collaborative processes and open source and, and platforms and ecosystems. And here today with me, we have Stina Heikila. Stina? So I'm Stina Heikila. I'm part of the Boundaryless team. I have a background in uh, sustainable development and have been working for many years in multi-stakeholder policy dialogue in international organizations like the UN and the OECD, always trying to promote holistic approaches to development. And, and uh, yeah, basically, you also gave me back this um, way to, to contextualize a little bit what we're doing here now. Uh, so both of us are members of uh, this company called Boundaryless. That's a company that was born uh, two years ago, actually, um, as, a, as a, you know, basically around this methodology called Platform Design Toolkit that I uh, myself uh, created back into, uh, into 2013, um, where these you know, ways of organizing in platforms and ecosystems uh, was uh, coming to light, essentially. You know, we were starting to see this... Uh, uh, amazing uh, companies uh, growing fast and transforming industries. And we basically realized that uh, the traditional ways of thinking about business and organizations in linear ways uh, was not enough. And so we created this methodology. And from this methodology, we spurred like, you know, a trend of research and conversations and a company and, and, and a community. Now we have more than 50,000 users all over the world. Uh, we have been training possibly something like 600, 700 people all over the world. Uh, we have these regular uh, tra- uh, trainings that we do. But all of this is because we, we wanted to create this conversation and this community. And uh, at the end of the uh, last year, we started to realize that something was really changing. And uh, in the last uh, quarter of the last year, we started to think about, okay, maybe it's time to really sit down and uh, lay out uh, new foundations for this practice of thinking in terms of platforms and ecosystems. So we embarked in this uh, project of uh, research. We, we, we already wrote a white paper in 2013, and, uh, sorry, in 2016, and, and now we feel really it's time to sit down and uh, you know, lay, lay out these new bases, these new foundations, as we call it. And, uh, and you know, basically, this podcast is uh, existing in parallel to our research uh, project, our white paper project, and uh, we took the chance to launch this podcast. That was one of our desires uh, since a while now, and we hope that you will enjoy the show. Uh, this podcast uh, is going to work more or less like this. I'm going to be the host, and with me there will be different co-hosts. Uh, Stina will be 
the one of the most um, frequent ones. Uh, she's also co-leading the research with me. Uh, but we will have also all the members from our uh, company and community, our advisors. So uh, be tuned, stay tuned because you will have also other bright minds co-hosting with uh, with me uh, these conversations. And in terms of uh, uh, guests, uh, we are really excited. We have. Uh, an amazing list of uh, uh, guests already lined up. We've been recording already some conversations. I'm talking about, you know, just to make some 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 examples. Uh, Daniel Well is going to be on our list. And Marina Gobis, uh, Misha Bowens, James Carrier, Arthur Brock. Uh, you know, tons of incredible people coming up. Uh, and uh, I, I, we really think about, uh, uh, we really think that this is going to be valuable for us to understand where, uh, organizing uh, is going. So we, we are conscious that we live in a very transformed and fastly changing world. Uh, today's, uh, today we are dealing with, uh, for example, with this crazy coronavirus pandemic, but the world is slipping into unpredictability, complexity. We are realizing our interdependence. We are pretty sure that we need a new, uh, a new I would say, uh, energy when we think about organizing we need new narratives we need new ideas and what we want to do with this podcast is understand what's going on where and how we are going to organize in the couple in the coming decade and beyond so this is a very long-term idea and project that we want to run and uh, uh, you know as a start we have a few um, very uh, important uh, research areas that we want to share with you today in this brief introductory podcast and the episode, um, and uh, we're going to sh- uh, share them with you now and have a quicker conversation so that you can uh, understand better what are we talking about, what this podcast will, will, will always be about. So uh, the, the, the first, I would say, of these areas where we want to research and that where we have these big questions, uh, uh, you know, hanging around is the very uh, uh, the very idea of platforms and ecosystems. So, so we are pretty conscious that we use uh, words such as platforms, ecosystems, networks, network effects, and uh, uh, we, we we sometimes use them to describe successful companies or or successful uh, organizations or, or just you know trends that are showing up. But the question we want to also uh, bring about is. Uh, um, uh, how, you know, basically, is this a paradigm shift? This is a really something new that is going to stay and is going to transform the way we organize uh, and not just, let's say, how we organize short-term rentals. So, so, so that's one of the key questions that we have in mind. We want to understand uh, what goes beyond words, what, what is going to be here to stay. And uh, we're pretty much uh, also... Uh, conscious that part of this conversation is about how do we perceive and how do we uh, epistemologically understand what's going on. So also about our capacities of sense making and of our information ecologies, we are all uh, uh, immersed in. So 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 to, so I, I, w- I would say that we are moving from this idea of strategy that uh, is pretty much related to one company, one organization trying to achieve success and to trying to understand and help organizations to see themselves in a broader, uh, let's say, in a broader orders of complexity that, that deal much more about with, uh, um, you know, for example, society or, or civilization uh, related issues. Yeah, I'm... I'm very excited about this research area and especially 
what you mentioned when you mentioned the word civilization, uh, what's really emerging through many of the conversations we have is that we are living in such a completely Western-centric view of the world. And what's starting to appear when we we look at the globalization and all these different uh, shades of it, that there are so many different ways to conceive the world and to think about organizing activities uh, that go beyond the idea of indi individualism um, that we have shaped our identities around. So it's it's really going to be uh, interesting to explore these questions with uh, with our guests in this podcast, I think. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, when, when I speak about epistemology, epistemological frames, uh, of course, those frames are pretty much related to our uh, our culture, our heritage. You know? So, so uh, I think we also need to look into, and we had the chance actually to work with some, for example, from some Chinese companies like Hire in the last uh, year and a half. And uh, I think we're really starting to grasp that uh, we need new approaches. We need to be much less universalized in terms of how we think about technologies and techniques like platforms uh, in a world that, that is uh, requiring us new, you know, to use new recipes and to question frames, actually. So that's for sure one of the one of the uh, key aspects of this. I would say the central aspect of this research. Uh, it, it helps me to connect to another set of key questions that I think uh, we can define as uh, uh, related to uh, ideas of policies and risks. So, so um, you know, it's enough to open. For example, the World Economic Forum uh, uh, report on, on risk for 2020 to understand that, um, you know, we are immersed in a different world. At least we are, I, I would say that we are reckoning with this idea. We are, um, we are realizing that the world is no more uh, the world that we used to think about. And, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, these, uh, you know, that's much less, much more clear these days because uh, I think this crazy, this crazy uh, contingency we we we, we found we find uh, ourselves immersed in. So this global pandemic is quite a it's, it's quite a I would say a ferocious um, demonstration of how how how, how small we understand how. Uh, how little is our understanding of of how the world is uh, is changing and how our ecosystems are changing how new risks are coming up related to the environmental crisis or to the uh, you know for example also to the all these interconnected issues and cascading failures that we may uh, see happening in terms of uh, uh, you know trade wars or or nationalism and uh, uh, stress uh, factors that are going to change how our uh, the systems that we uh, gave for granted uh, uh, for lots lots of years and decades are in instead are putting into uh, uh, are now put into a quite radical pressure. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, it would be extremely interesting to see how how many companies and governments and institutions that we know today will they are already starting to adapt on such a faster speed and larger scale that was predictable in the beginning of this year. So if for sure it's going to unlock a lot of things that we cannot know now in terms of policymaking, because what will become clear is that the usual responses, um, there are no usual responses. There will be 
uh, a lot of things that get invented in this um, in reacting to the events that are unfolding, and some things will probably never go back to a usual <laughs> that uh, mm-hmm. we knew before uh, mm-hmm. before this period that we're living now. Definitely. I mean, I was speaking with one of the upcoming guests to our show in the in next week's uh, Bill Fisher, a distinguished professor at IMD in Switzerland about management, and uh, uh, we agreed that what we are witnessing now it looks like you know basically a strong acceleration. It's like the next ten years are going to happen in all over the next year or something like that. And uh, yeah, for sure, this brings us in. Into and our organizations into many, I would say, unpredictable uh, situations and, and many new uh, uh, spaces where we we're not ready to uh, uh, to act. You know, we, we need to improvise. We need to learn new things. We need to experiment much more and and also be uh, able to cope with these unpredictability. Uh, on the other hand, I think this also helps me to connect with another uh, key topic that is the role of technology. Uh, um, and uh, uh, of course, both policy making and risk factors um, are going to change uh, how we perceive value, for example, and are going to change how we, um, uh, how the, 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 the you know, and, and, and the fact that the, 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 there are going to be changes in terms of how people. Uh, feel and uh, and, and uh, value things is going to change value chains and it's going to change the way we organize. So uh, for sure, uh, together with policy making and, and risks, uh, there are emerging technologies that are going to change completely the rule of the game. They are going to change, uh, for example, how much something uh, costs. And uh, is, so, for example, if we think about uh, artificial intelligence, there is a tremendous potential of artificial intelligence to bring uh, uh, to bring uh, you know new capabilities to underserved markets. Or if I think about blockchain and uh, you know, blockchain and in general, these new uh, systems of data sharing are going to uh, put into pressure a lot of assumptions that normally companies uh, do uh, uh, with regards to their uh, access to the data of their users and uh, the identity of their users. Um, so that's going to be quite a lot of changes in terms of how elements of the value chain are going to shift into more uh, commodity space or more uh, novel spaces. And uh, uh, therefore, it's going to be new possibilities in terms of how we organize. And most of these technologies uh, are now uh, emergent, like, you know, if we think about, uh, I don't know, drone technologies or new uh, battery chemistry possibilities or even the potentially enormous uh, uh, changes coming from uh, programmable uh, biotech, uh, this is going to change the game. And we want to understand how these game-changing technologies are going to change the perception and the very idea of platforms and ecosystems. Um, so that, that's for sure one important thing that uh, we're also going to look into. Yeah, and and I just uh, remembered when you were uh, talking uh, in one of the... I mean, it would be a little bit of a cliffhanger for the upcoming episodes, but in when we were talking to James Courier, uh, and he was pointing to that extreme importance that uh, people working, for example, with interfaces in platforms or marketplaces, you know, what a what a power uh, it is nowadays to to actually have the cap- capability to design and to program. And to understand fully what these distributed technologies like blockchain are, it's becoming a new literacy that many people 
uh, do not have, but there's a, there, there is an embedded power in that that uh, um, that will be really interesting to watch as as these technologies yeah. become more and more widely accessible and understandable. <laughs> let's say. Yeah, I mean, I think technology has this uh, eminent role uh, today. So uh, you know, uh, you know very well that uh, uh, in in the research that we are doing, for example, we are encountering the work of. Uh, uh, the Chinese, uh, Hong Kong-based uh, philosopher Yu Huey, that uh, brought us uh, back into thinking about the relationship between humans and technology in ways that, for example, the the the, um, the philosopher Heidegger uh, did explore uh, in, in you know in the early days. So, so I think the question is, and we are witnessing now. Uh, with what's happening with COVID, for example. And it looks like in the world that there are two approaches to, um, I would say, to limit the impacts of, uh, at least in this short-term window, uh, limit the impact of the virus on society. And one is extremely bureaucratic and slow to react and uh, ends up in locking down entire cities, like it's happening in Italy right now, and the US, in New York, and so on. And on the other hand, we have these Eastern countries that uh, acted by leveraging on technology and uh, uh, surveillance uh, applications uh, um, uh, like Singapore or Taiwan or even parts of China. Uh, and I think it's really pushing us to think about, how, okay, how do we use technology now that we have it in a way that is much more conscious and much more collective and much more... Uh, I would say, um, intentional in how we use it to, to uh, protect the healthcare, for example, how our uh, citizens, or, or in the future, maybe about how do we use technology to protect other key support services that, 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 that now we give for granted. So, so technology is going to have a very eminent role in the future, and we need to understand better how to deal with that. And, of course, you know, there are more uh, mundane also aspects of our research that are about, um, for example, another research area is about uh, how we, uh, where we see these uh, models uh, playing out in the future. So, so uh, for example, what kind of marketplaces are we going to see in the future, the future coming up? And we know very well that 80% of uh, the consumer market is still not organized in, in these network ways. And, uh, you know, I'm piggybacking again into the conversation we had with James uh, Carrier uh, last week. And, uh, and uh, you know, basically, uh, we are pretty conscious, I believe, that these uh, patterns of organizing in networks and network effects and data-centric uh, systems are going to play out everywhere in society. Uh, but the question is uh, also the, the, the perception of, uh, um, of convenience is changing in days like that, in days like these. So... So, so, so the question is: How are going to 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 how are markets changing? How are user expectations changing? So, what are the new spaces where this is playing out? And also, if we think about technology again, how industries are going to organize around the need for uh, you know interconnecting and share technologies? If I think about what. Uh, uh, Google did with Android, for example, as a, as a industry shaping, uh, uh, um, I would say, experience. Or, or if we think about Open Compute Project, that is one another amazing project that we are studying as a case study, uh, which uh, essentially brought an entire industry, the the, the uh, server industry, to organize around more sustainable designs and more 
you know, more common uh, infrastructural design that allows, for example, circular patterns, like, you know, reusing the same technology all over time and reducing ecological impact. So, so there is a space where uh, uh, we need to learn how, uh, as companies, as f- for example, we need to learn how to mobilize entire industries and uh, essentially uh, becoming uh, pivoting nodes uh, uh, around which uh, industries are going to organize. And of course, if we, knew, if we do these organizations, we need to learn how to play this uh, ecosystem actualizing role. And this is uh, for sure another key important area of our research. Yeah, and I just uh, thought about uh, when we talk about different markets that the labor market uh, and you know the, the role of workers is so interlinked with this as well. And there's a lot of things that uh, that workers will need additionally in the future to understand how you position yourself in in an organizational context that is more like an ecosystem. So if we were used to being taken care of by our employers for a span of uh, 40, 50 years in an industrial economy, uh, we need to uh, be able to empower ourselves in a different kind of economy uh, and to try to to plan and to na- navigate, even if there's a lot of uncertainty around. Mm-hmm. And that's what institutions are for. Yeah. And uh, that, that's the last one of the last areas where we want to research as well, is that uh, exactly that of what we call the platform institutions. So, so the question here is, uh, you know, we used pretty much used to a 20th century where institutions were pretty much all the same, and that's the national state, and uh, and you trust the national state because it gives you access to uh, I don't know energy or, or, or food networks and so on. But then uh, now that uh, these technological capabilities are, are spreading out and and uh, um, basically, it become also much more accessible for for, for citizens. Uh, so the question is, maybe we we will see uh, new as we are already witnessing in some in some places with some projects, uh, we will see much more potential to organize the economy on a regional scale and uh, uh, much more led by citizens themselves that will somehow organizing networks of solidarity and uh, networks of cooperations that that can actually produce pretty much uh, the, you know, I would say an important part of the economy. Uh, if we think about, for example, that <clears throat> that I myself, I'm buying my electricity, my energy, and, my, uh, and, and the energy I need from a cooperative of which I'm a, a member that installs uh, solar capacity uh, and then, uh, you know, basically provides us with our energy without uh, needing to pay our, our bills to a utility. So these patterns, I believe, we're going to see them playing out much more often in the future because we need more resilient systems, more regional systems, more local organizing. And of course, this uh, brings up uh, all sorts of challenges. That The ones you mentioned, for example, the, the ones related to welfare and, uh, um, you know, for example, universal health care or, or just, you know, basically safety nets uh, because the world is going to be bumpy in the next uh, decades and therefore, uh, we need to, to understand how to create alternative institutions that most likely are going to play out in interdependence and in subsidiarity with some of the institutions we know now. But uh, things are going to change pretty widely, and we better be prepared also uh, in terms of uh, uh, capabilities and skills and, 
and what uh, John Vervecchis called the psychotechnologies. So we need to understand, we need to uh, understand how to make sense, how to be uh, sovereign in, as individuals or groups, communities. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, we need to understand how to create these new institutions that are pretty uh, needed at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, some of the work that we are doing with climate-led uh, climate initiative, uh, sorry, citizen-led climate initiatives at the moment. We have, we're trying to work with this uh, creation of bioregional uh, hubs for connecting these different local initiatives using the, the, the platform design toolkit and, and to see how these, con- uh, these groups react to and adapt um, or rather adopt the, this technology to, to, to help to organize more efficiently. I think we'll have great insights that will come from that uh, in this space, you know, to, to carve out what, what the new institutions could look like. Yeah, I mean, it's also about uh, despecializing a little bit our economy and trying to see uh, and uh, put into questions also the the expectations that we have in terms of convenience and and having uh, all the all the everything ready for us to consume. And uh, this is a tendency that I've questioned many times. I think uh, we live in a world where. Uh, we are pretty much looking for self-serving solutions, uh, both in terms of thinking as individuals, but also in terms of organizing. There's too much time that we really didn't question the ways of organizing, the frames of organizing institutions, both private ones or, or, or public ones. And increasingly, as we move into this third space, the space of openness and networks, where doesn't make sense to think in terms of public institutions or private ones, we would really need to play with this idea of cooperating at scale and uh, taking responsibility as, for example, John Robb uh, said recently uh, uh, in, in, in an interesting podcast. And John Robb is also going to be one of our guests in the coming days. So th- this probably uh, helps us to connect with the last point, the last research area that we have identified, that is the area of cultural change and cultural evolution. So for sure, all these transformations are not going to happen in a, in a void, are going to happen in a uh, much broader and uh, longer and uh, co- interconnected uh, process of uh, human evolution and cultural evolution. And uh, as we know from the work of people like David Sloan Wilson, Wilson, for example, um, of course, you know, this cultural evolution is uh, uh, part of a broader evolutionary process that connects back into uh, to natural evolution, natural selection, and uh, yeah, we, we will need to understand basically what are the new stories and narratives emerging, what is the role of, also of ideologies and narratives when it comes to reorganizing the future. And, and therefore, we cannot really stick just to the technological question or, or to the organizational question as, as if they are, uh, I would say, se- separable from a broader cultural transformation trend that uh, that is happening and then we need to understand how to master and we need to understand how to interact uh, uh, with in broader terms yeah absolutely i i just remembered uh, an article that i read by shannon mattern who's a professor in anthropology at the new school of social research and she was mentioning you know when we uh, build this artificial intelligence system we really have to go back and think about but whose intelligence is it that we are <laughs> making artificial 
so I think it links up mm-hmm. well with what you just said, you know, like we, we cannot look at those things in separation because what we embody in, in the new technologies will reflect what the past and ha- is very loaded with values and, and important decisions. So yeah 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 definitely definitely i mean uh there are enormous questions that uh, that uh, uh hang around this period and uh it's it's really time to to take it seriously and this is what we want to do with these uh, conversations and with this this uh, research um you're gonna you know you listeners you're gonna meet some very bright minds in the in in this podcast we really uh, feel blessed to to talk with such a to have the chance to to have conversation with ch- such a great minds such great minds and uh, yeah again I, I uh, we teased a little bit about the people that are coming going to show up on a podcast but I think you will really need to enjoy the first conversation that we are we're gonna run in the in the coming weeks that will be most likely a one show every couple of weeks so we we need to figure out what is the right pace. Uh, we are exploring with you in this space, but uh, um, really stay tuned, uh, be with us. And uh, if you have suggestions, please reach out. Uh, we're going to, in the, in the podcast notes, you will have all the contacts, uh, suggest uh, um, hosts, uh, sorry, guests that we would like, you would like to have in the show, suggest topics, and, uh, and, and really stay tuned on our website, uh, www.platformdesigntoolkit.com. And uh, uh, in our, um, you know, uh, in our website, you will see all the updates of the progress of the podcast. And uh, we really hope that we're going to provide you with some variable, um, variable uh, insights and variable conversations. We're pretty sure about that. And uh, we look forward to learn with you in conversation and with our guests and uh, co-hosts uh, all over the next uh, months and beyond. So thanks for listening to this um, presentation introductory po- podcast and uh, we're looking forward to have you and uh, we, you will find this podcast uh, um, all over the, uh, the, the normal uh, po- platforms where, where podcasts are distributed. And thanks very much for listening. Sina, do you want to say something more at the end? Um, well, I can just say enjoy this while staying at home. <laughs> thank you thank you to to all our listeners and uh, uh, catching up soon dear listeners we truly hope you enjoyed the show if you did please share this episode on social media and subscribe to our podcast by looking up for boundaryless conversations on all major podcasting platforms Stay tuned on www.platformdesigntoolkit.com for more general research updates, where you can also find opportunities for learning and free tools for you and your team to design platform strategies in these turbulent times. We want to also thank Varte Mobilio for the ad hoc music. Catching up soon! <laughs>